Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Welcome to Rugged Theology. I am your host, Adam Diamond, and that seemed really loud to me, but we'll go with it anyways. <laughs> so today we have Matt Leahy with me. Hey, everyone. And we are back after a two-week break, mm. uh, which is really great. It's really nice to be back in the podcast room. Uh, so if you're a faithful listener, I apologize for that. We just took a break, felt it was needed for the team. Yep. And we're back with a church planting episode. I hope you enjoyed our last series, which we just ended off with, which was the tulip, tulip. series. Yeah. yeah, it was great. And not the flower. No. Named after the flower. That's right. But uh, It's an acronym for what? Calvinists believe. Yeah, in regards to salvation. Um, and that, yeah, that was really fun to go through. I know we had a lot of fun with that. We got a lot of good feedback on that, actually. So it was great. But today we're going to be talking about church in a hard place. Mm. Uh, we've always said that Newfoundland is a church in a hard place. It's hard to get a church started here. Um, the ground is hard. The atmosphere is hard. I mean, we're called, um, the, the, the province is called the rock for a reason, right? Right. Dude, you can't put a shovel in without hitting rocks. That's right. It's not like, you know, PEI where you can put a shovel and you can dig probably down to the middle of the earth. You know what I mean? And you'd still find potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's a hard place. And listen, we're not trying to rag on Newfoundland. I'm from Newfoundland. Matt's half from Newfoundland. You just had to go there, didn't you? I had to go there. <laughs> Uh, but no, we've both grown up here. We know the culture. We know the people. I am very proud to be a Newfoundlander, but I will be one of the first to acknowledge that it's a hard place to be a Christian, but a hard, even a harder place to get a church up off the ground. It is. Um, church planting was, I mean, obviously it was a part of our history in the sense that churches were established here, but there came a point in time in our history when we just stopped you know, planting new churches, mm. starting new churches, whether that be Pentecostal ones, Salvation Army, Roman Catholic, uh, Roman Catholic, Baptist, whatever it may be, we just stopped putting up churches and we kind of just went with the status quo. Yep. Um, but now we're at a point, especially in St. John's, where there are very few places of worship. Mm. Um, we have this uh, statistic that we put out a few times where there's just over 70 places of worship total in St. John's. Yep. Um, and that includes all faiths. Jewish, uh, Hindu, Muslim, Christian, wh whatever you have, that's 70, just 70, over 70 places of worship. And on George Street alone, we've got 44 bars, I think, and that's like 500 meters road. Mm. Uh, so it just goes to show how very it's few... It's easier to get a beer than it is to hear the gospel. <laughs> it is, oh, absolutely. Uh, so today we're just going to talk about what it is like to plant a church here. Um, and I'll talk a bit about downtown, but Matt, why don't you tell us a bit about Kilbride? You've been there, you're going on three years now, you know, plus or minus a year of pandemic, that really threw us for a loop there. But tell us a bit about your community, um, what you enjoy about it, and also what makes it hard. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so, you know, we, we've we talked about planting in Kilbride in, in a previous episode, but, you know, it, it is a, it's a beautiful community. It, it is a, it's a bedroom community. When I say bedroom, it's, it's highly residential. You know, people live there uh, and then they go elsewhere to, to do stuff. I mean, you know, people do life in Kilbride and, and that's, that's totally cool, but there's not a lot to do in Kilbride. There's, you know, a single Tim Hortons. There's a Chinese restaurant. Uh, there's a pizza joint. Um, 
And there's a couple of, uh, there's a handful of like industrial type of businesses, but there, you know, there's, there's a community center, um, shout out to the community center. Love you guys. Uh, but there, there's no like gathering spot. There's no dining restaurants. There's not even a school. There's not even, there's just not a lot of stuff to do. In no, there, there really isn't. No. And, and you, but listen, one, one of the big things that I love about Kilbride is, is just how friendly the people are. And, you know, we have a young family, uh, three kids, and there are tons, tons of families around, at least where, where we live in Kilbride. And it's just, it's such a blessing, you know, for, for us having moved back to Newfoundland, you know, three years ago to, to have so many relationships in the community with people that are in the same uh, phase of life that we are. Uh, they're, you know, they, they got young families and it's just, oh, it's just, it is a good spot to live. No, it is a really nice mm. spot. I like driving through Kilbride mm. and you get a nice view of the city as well. You do, like, especially if you travel up on, on, on like the, the hill side of Kilbride, uh, you get a great view of, of down in the Waterford Valley, um, tons of trees. And so, I mean, right now as we're recording this, it's, it's what, November 2nd? 2nd, yeah. Leaves are falling off the trees. Uh, there's it just, it's colorful, it's great. And it's quiet too. I always like actually driving along the Team Guju Highway, and yeah, you can see down. Kilbride from there. No, that's right. Uh, that's yep. a beautiful even picture of Kilbride. Yep, I oh, love that's it. Great. Um, so, what's what's been your most frustrating thing about Kilbride? We'll get into the good stuff after because I know you've had some really great moments in Kilbride. Mm. Um, but what's been the most frustrating for you, down, uh, not downtown in Kilbride? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, besides a pandemic, um, <laughs> right, r- right, <laughs> man. I'm going to start a church. Oh, I can't even talk to people in the coffee shop or meet people face to face. That's right. Um, kind of what I said earlier, it's a bedroom community. So there's not a lot on the go. There, there, there's not, a, there, there's not a lot of places to meet, not a lot of ways to interact with the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it is a bedroom community. Lots of houses. I mean, there's a park, there's two parks, three parks, sorry. Uh, and, and you know, people play baseball and you know, whatever there it's a, it, it is a, good meeting spot to, you know, engage with families and, and all that kind of good stuff. But, um, it, it has been quite frustrating to try to build relationships and community when you don't have a lot of the amenities that maybe other, other neighborhoods or communities have. And so from, we have to be really intentional and I don't mean like intentional with like the whole bait and switch thing. Like, you know, I'm just being your friend just so you can come to my church, right? That's that's not what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Like we want to live, you know, authentic lives. We want to be in community with our neighbors. And so when I say intentional, it's, you know, being their friend, coming yep. alongside them, you know, living life. You know, we have neighbors all around us that have kids. Their kids are in our place, ours, our kids are in theirs. We're getting together with them for, for supper and for just outings. And it, we're just, we're really relational. And so, you know, coming back to, you know, what's frustrating is that, you know, <laughs> it's frustrating that we don't have the amenities to, to you know, engage with people. But so it's as, frustrating. as compared to downtown, right? Right. Like, I, 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 yeah. like you know, being downtown. I almost feel sometimes like, which one do I choose? Where do I go? Do I go to this cafe, this coffee shop? Do I go to this restaurant? And I mean, I, was um, even, I even remember having that conversation with, with you and Curtis uh, last week. Because mm-hmm. every week you're, you're downtown, you're in a coffee shop, you're you know, talking with, the, with, with people downtown. And I'm like, I wish I could do that. Right. You know, we, like we got a Tim Hortons and I'm pretty sure the lobby is still shut. 
Like the only place that I can meet in Kilbride, I can't. Well, I mean, last time we were there, they were actually short-staffed. No, that's right. Um, so they had the lobby closed, and they only did drive through So you're one spot in the community to sit down and talk to people. I can't. You can't even get in. <laughs> right. Unless you want to stand up and drive through. And <laughs> that's awkward. Yeah, that'd be weird. That'd be really weird. <laughs> but no, it's absolutely right. So like, uh, unlike other communities like, you know, downtown or, or even the Goulds, which is just, you know, next to us, I mean... There's tons of places to, to meet. You can go to Bid Goods, you can go to Tim Hortons, you can go to the soccer complex. You can you, like there's there's so many more things, mm-hmm. but in Kilbride, there's nothing. And so from a personality perspective, like, you know, although, you know, I'm, I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor, and people generally think, you know, people who lead churches are real extroverted. I'm not. I'm I'm quite introverted and I have a people meter, and when my people meter runs out, I just want to, you know, run away and hide and, and, and restore myself. Mm-hmm. And so like from a personality perspective, it, it is frustrating. It is tiring because I have to be that much more intentional uh, with my neighbors um, because, you know, it's not naturally what I would, I would do. And so there's, there's the added, uh, you know, my personality doesn't uh, lead me to do this. And I also don't have many options to to be in the community within Kilbride. And so it's, it's a double whammy some days. So let me ask you, um, you mentioned having your neighbors over and playing with their kids and that. And so how long did it take you to form those relationships? So we're going on three years now. Right. And you know, all things being said, we did have a year of, of lockdown. Yeah. So it was really hard to kind of make connections then and get to know your neighbors. And so we, we move into the community in, in 2018. That's when we moved back home. Uh, and, you know, we, we tried forging uh, relationships as best we could, um, but it takes time. Mm-hmm. It, it, it takes time. You know, you got to, you know, see who, who are your neighbors. You want to, you know, figure out what they like, what they don't like. And you don't want to be all creepy about it, right? But you just want to, you want to know who your neighbors are. And it just, it, it just takes time. And again, with my personality, uh, I'm not usually the, the go-getter and, hey, let's, you know, I, I got to work my way up to, you know, Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Versus, hey, do you want to come over for dinner? And so, uh, yeah, three years now, three years, and we're finally, uh, finally having those relationships that you know, in some ways, I've been longing for uh, since w- we moved back. And there, there are even still neighbors uh, that we have on our on our street whom I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I wave to them, you know, politely from from a distance, and um, and because it's the bedroom community, uh, there's they work a lot of the times. And so when they come home, it's, you know, I just want to unwind from the day or when I'm waking up in the morning, Hey, now I got to go to work. And so mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Yeah. For, for me, Dan, I mean, again, I'm a couple months into this, so it's kind of hard to say what the most frustrating thing about downtown is. Um, but one thing I'm finding is that trying to, again, navigate that, that line of showing people that one, yes, I want you to know about my faith. You know, if I believe that your faith is at risk of going to hell and, you know, eternal damnation, that yes, I'm going to care about you and I want you to hear the truth. I mean, that's that's just a reality of it. If not, I wouldn't really care about you, I wouldn't think. Um, but also helping people see, listen, uh, even if you don't become a Christian, I still want to be your friend. You know what I mean? Like, if you come out to a Bible study or if we talk about the gospel and you're like, that's not for me, I'm like, okay, cool. Can we get a coffee again next week? Can we go hang out, you know? get some nachos or something like, you know, I still want friends. I don't, not all my friends have to be Christians. I don't have to agree with you in every single aspect of I your life. I don't want all my friends to be Christians. It's not right. Right. 
so yeah, I, th- I think it's just navigating that line. And also, you know, we've started this Bible study and it's just, how do, how do we get people to commit without being like, I only care about you to get you saved. No, that's, that's not, that's not the thing. I care about you as a person mm. and I want to know about your life. I, I want to be friends with you. I want to be good neighbors with you. Um, so that's, that's kind of been a bit, a bit frustrating is, you know, in my own head, like you, I'm an introvert as well. And trying to find an energy sometimes <laughs> go, go past your people meter and say, right. yeah, no, I actually care about these people. And, you know, if, if we're going to pastor people, then we, we have to do that, right? We, we have to be, go beyond ourselves and pour into the lives of others and point them back to Jesus, point them back to the gospel mm. again and again and again. Um, not because they're just numbers on a sheet, you know, check got this one saved, check that one. No, because they're human beings created in the image of God and they have value and worth because of mm-hmm. that. And that's why we move into communities so we can know what you're going through. So if someone, if you had a church in Cobria, but you're living out in the Goulds or you're living in Mount Pearl, someone explains, you know, starts talking about, man, like I really, frost, I really struggle with the smell of manure. <laughs> Which is a really real thing. That's a very real reality <laughs> in Kilbride. <laughs> but meanwhile, you're in Mount Pearl. And you're like, what do you mean? Yeah, like it can't be that bad, right? I mean, I know that's not a pastoral issue, but it's just a very day to day thing where you can easily right. be like, yeah, I know what it's like to wake up every morning and almost smell manure every single day. Yeah, and so yeah, just to just to clarify, so when when Adam's talking about you know moving into the community just so we can know people, uh, it's it's comes down to the idea of pastoring uh, a church uh, that, that you don't live in the community, right? So yeah, you're in the community so you can do life with the people in your church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So what's what's been some of the you know very positive, like really good things that have happened since starting your church plant in Kilbride? Oh, no, we've had so many good things happening uh, with Casey. We, we've seen the Lord bless us immensely. We, I mean, first and foremost, we have a fantastic relationship with the uh, local community center. Uh, right from the get-go, we, uh, you know, we, we reached out to the center, and, and, and you know, we've been, we've been renting uh, that facility uh, for the better part of three years now, mm-hmm. right? And it just a beautiful relationship has formed between uh, KCC and, and the Kilbride Lions Community Center. And so we're, we're just so, so happy and, and blessed to, to have that working relationship. And then, you know, just all the different ways we, we've been in the community. I mean, we've, we've, we've come alongside the firefighters um, in, our, in our area. Uh, we have handed out flowers to moms on Mother's Day. Uh, and so, you know, uh, I, I won't name drop the, the, um, the place where we did this, but even just forming a relationship with, with this, uh, with, with this business, business owners. Yeah. Yeah. It has just been an absolute, uh, absolute joy. And then handing out, you know, dad's root beer and, and well, not, not dad's root beer, but just a W root beer mm-hmm. and dad's cookies to fathers on father's day. Uh, and then, you know, every, every year, and, and you know, this is November 2nd now, but two days ago we did our, our trunk retreat. And so just dressing up our, our cars um, and loading them up with candy and just allowing kids to come by and see the excitement on their faces when they see these elaborate designs mm-hmm. on, uh, on our vehicles. It's just, I think the, the biggest blessing for us is, is just having those relationships forming. And none of this, uh, you know, to clarify, because we said it before, none of this is a bait and switch. No, it's not. Well, you're like, switch. hey, you come take candy and there's gospel tracks mixed in. No, or, there's nothing like that. Um, you can take some dad's root beer, or uh, sorry, some A&W root beer and cookies, but we've got like a little car explaining the gospel or like, no, I think you might have a, 
a business card saying this is the church we are, yep. your contact information, that's it. But there's no like you take this and then that's you know, right. this or you listen to us preach at you and then you can take right. this stuff. No, it's not it's just, none of that. It's just because we love Kill Bride. It's just blessing your community. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great, man. Um haven't had any actually no, yeah, no, we have had some success downtown. Um we've gotten to know our neighbors very, very well, very quickly. It's just a matter of again pushing past that just, you know, brief high on the street. Like I wanna know who these people are. I wanna be able to have chats with them, even whether they come to a Bible study or not. Like I wanna know what are you struggling with? Like mm-hmm. even if you don't believe in God, how can I pray for you anyways? Mm. Right? How can we support you as a local church? Oh, and that's the other in thing downtown. Too. No, yeah, for sure. So you just you just jogged my memory mm-hmm. another blessing is um the openness and the willingness for people to be prayed over. There have been many conversations that I've had in Kilbride. Uh, you know, I, I think about one last year. I was out clean, cleaning my van, and my girls were, you know, playing in the front yard. And this uh, lady walked by with her dog. And my middle child, she is, she loves dogs, and she she ran up and she's like, "Hey, can I pet your dog?" And blah blah blah. Uh, and anyway, that led to a conversation where this woman revealed that her brother was was dying of cancer. And, and I said, listen, can I, can I just pray for you right now? Mm-hmm. And she was overwhelmed. She was over the moon that someone would actually stop and listen to her and pray over her. Like it broke my heart because as she was telling me, I almost got the impression that this is like she needed someone to offload because she was just wrecked with this emotional mm-hmm. roller coaster. And so I got to pray over her. And that's not even, that's not, that's not the only instance, but it's, it's just, you know, people's willingness to, you know, be vulnerable with, you know, a complete stranger and yet to have that stranger pray over them. So, yeah. Yeah. We had a moment actually downtown, you brought this to my mind, um, where Curtis and I met with a local clergy downtown and, uh, we were talking with him, uh, about some things in the area. And I asked him, I, I kind of picked up some cues. He seemed very tired, very war. I mean, COVID has wore very heavily on pastors. It has. It's hard to please everyone. You can't please everyone, no matter what decision you make. Um, and then you're helping people walk through all these frustrations. Um, yeah, it, it's been a very, very hard time on a lot of people. But I could tell, I could tell he was tired and wore out. So I, I said to him, you know, how can I pray for you? And that, that set him back. Like I don't know if he's had any close friends who, who are also clergy he, who he can lean on. Um, I mean, he might. I don't know. But he seems you know taken aback by that so he told me and i said okay can i pray for you right now and that seemed to even set him back even more uh, but we prayed for him right there on the spot and uh yeah i, I want to form relationships with people where we are that's what we that's what we want to do whether you agree with us agree with us or not we, we want to bless the people around us um that's part of what we're called to be as local churches yep and one of the other things that you know, just my mind is jumping back to when your first questions about, you know, what's, what's frustrating about starting a church in Kilbride. You know, I was, um, I was doing some just research on, on Kilbride, uh, yeah, yesterday. Uh, and I've always, I've always known that the last time a, a church building existed in Kilbride was back in 1892. That's when it was, that's when it burnt down. So it was actually built back in the 1860s. It lasted for 32 years. Uh, and then it burnt down. Mm-hmm. And so one of the, the frustrating aspects of, of doing church in, in Kilbride, and I would say a lot of places around Newfoundland, uh, or a lot of people who are starting churches or want to start churches would feel this uh, this pain point, is not having a building. Because whether people realize it or not, 
uh, when you when you mention church, they're looking for the steeple and the cross. They're looking all, for all the time, all the time, right? Uh, I can remember being on your team in Cobride, right? And how many people, when we first did trunk retreat, I think mm-hmm. um, you told we told people you know we were a new church starting, and people were like, "Oh, where's your building? Exactly. Where do you have right. services to?" Meanwhile, we weren't even thinking about church services, right? Uh, we we're just trying to get people to come to a study and learn what the Bible said. That that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are like, where are you meeting? What time is your service? Where's your building? And yep. this is the first thing that comes to people's minds here. Yeah. Where's your, where's the, where's the steeple, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's a frustrating element. Um, but you know what? You don't need a building. And in fact, it, the church is not a building. It's, it's, it's not, a, it's a community of believers living in a neighborhood, right? The church is, you know, so that it's an interchangeable term. The church is where you go to, but the church is also the, uh, the, the community of believers. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. All right. So this is about being content in a hard place, mm. right? So um, you being, you know, well, my senior, <laughs> a few a, a few years ahead of me. I mean, we only just started this fall. So you're, you're basically three years ahead of me. Mm. Um, what has been your biggest lesson so far in three years of planting a church in Kilbride? So let me say it like this. I think over the last three years, uh, you know, I've struggled more with bouts of discouragement uh, as we as we have done KCC, as we've started to try to, you know, start a church here. I've had more bouts of discouragement than I have in, in my entire life. And I think the reason why is because God is teaching me uh, patience. He's teaching me to trust in him. And he's trying to show me that it's not my will, but his will that will be done. And unfortunately, I try to enter or inject my will and I, I inevitably frustrate myself. Uh, and so, you know, one of, the, one of the realities of starting a church here in Newfoundland, not just Kilbride, is it's not the short-term thing. It's not a two-year... Um, no, it's like not like you go to Toronto or uh, Calgary or down in the States where you can fly a team in or you just start a church. Um, and as soon as you open something up, you're going to get people. Uh, yeah, right? And within two years, you reach that, you know, quote unquote, critical mass or whatever. And yep. you can launch and start your church and all these big words. But at here, you know, you're three years in. And we, we uh, think 18 people. But that's like, you know. I mean, that's fantastic. Th- here. That is fantastic. You know, but comparatively to other places, it's very, very small. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I say 18, I'm talking about, you know, the, the core team and then, you know, the, the families that have come to join KCC in, in the last three years. But there have been many, many, many times when I've said, Lord, I want more. Lord, I want a church building. Lord, give me more people. Right. Which, which aren't bad things to want, though. Well, it, it depends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it depends on why you're asking for it. And mm-hmm. that comes back to the, uh, to, to what I was saying, you know, I inject my will yep. and I, I frustrate myself because I, 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 instead I'm, of, I'm not doing enough. I don't have enough people. Right. So it, it's this, it's this intertwined patience, trust, and your will be done. So it's not really just one thing, but it's this mix mash of, of those three things that, uh, that have been kind of frustrating over the last three years. And so, but I mean, you know, like I said, we, we've, we've seen God move in amazing ways in our community, despite my warts and wrinkles, despite my, my sin and despite me wanting to do it my way, God has been so patient. He's been so faithful, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know? And so, like I said, we, we went from 
and this was in a previous podcast, but when we first started out in Kilbride, we had one person come out to our community Bible study. That was in 2019. And now at the end of 20, what are we, 2021? Yep. We're having monthly church services with upwards of 20 people coming out in attendance. Like that, that's wild. That's amazing. That, that is wild. And yet there are still days when I'm like, Lord, give me more. <laughs> give me more, right? So, yeah. No, that's great if for me and for anyone who is thinking about planting a church or is, you know, maybe discouraged themselves in church planting. Like I said, it's not for everyone. I mean, pastoring is hard, but church planting itself is also very, very difficult. Um, there's a lot of ups and downs, um, a lot of frustrations, a lot of waiting and being patient and seeing things necessarily aren't going to happen the way you envision them or dream them to. Um, but with all that said, I mean, that's, that's great advice, man. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope someone listens who can really get a lot out of that. Is it worth it at the end of the day to be planting in a hard place? I would say, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And going back to what I was saying, like not only has God blessed us with, um, you know, opportunities to be in the community, but we've, God has been so gracious to allow us to see him changing lives. Right. And so for all the toils and snares that might come with planting a church to see someone come to saving faith, to see a marriage strengthen, to see someone become convicted of sin, to see, you know, God work and, and mature people. It is absolutely worth it. I, I wouldn't, for all of the frustration, for all of the pain points, for all of the gray hairs that I have grown in three years, I wouldn't change any of this at all, mm -hmm. at all. Well, that's great. Thanks for joining me, Matt. And uh, I'm sure in the coming years, I'll be able to share some of my frustrations, <laughs> some of my uh, ups and downs in the process of planting a church. Um, but it is a hard place here. And listen, we say that with all love because we love the people here. We wouldn't be here if we didn't love the people in the province. But the reality is just with the isolation, um, spiritual atmosphere here, the religious hurt that our province has had, um, it makes for a very hard place to start a new church. People are skeptical. People um, have reason to be hurt. They have reason to be angry at times. And sometimes it just makes us feel like, is this worth it? But there are things that come up, and God does show himself. And there are blessings in the midst of this. Um, it's not for everyone, but, uh, yeah, if you're interested in new land and church planting, be feel free to reach out. You, you know our information. You can find it at the end of this podcast. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next week. Thanks, Adam. You have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca.